2: The storm bringer's coming, but you, you keep on moving. Today on the I'm In Love With That Song podcast, the flames are reaching higher and we're on fire with Burn by Deep Purple. I'm Brad Page, and here on this podcast, we listen to one of my favorite songs together, exploring the nooks and crannies of each song as we try to figure out what makes it such a great track. We don't get into music theory here, so you don't have to be a musician or any kind of expert. All we have to do is listen, and see what the music reveals to us. On today's show, we're digging into my favorite hard rock band, Deep Purple, and their killer track, Burn. Deep Purple formed in 1968. They developed out of a project called Roundabout, and the band coalesced around a core of three players. Drummer Ian Pace, organ player John Lord, and guitarist Richie Blackmore. The first lineup of Deep Purple included vocalist Rod Evans and a bass player named Nick Simper. And this is often referred to as Deep Purple Mark I. They recorded their first album in May of 1968, and they had a hit with Hush, which was a cover of a Joe South song. They followed that up with two more albums, but by 1969, the three core members wanted to move in a heavier direction. So Evans and Simper were out, and two new members were recruited. Vocalist Ian Gillen came from the band Episode 6, and he brought with them their bass player, Roger Glover. This became the classic Mark II lineup. This was their most commercially successful period. Highway Star, My Woman from Tokyo, and of course, Smoke on the Water. Those tracks all came from the Mark II era of the band. This lineup recorded four albums together, plus one of the greatest live albums ever, Made in Japan. That's the record that made me a huge Deep Purple fan. But exhausted and overworked, the tensions between Gillen and Blackmore came to a head and Gillen quit in 1973, and then Blackmore fired Glover, leaving the band in need of a singer and a bass player once more. Now, bassist and vocalist Glenn Hughes had just left Trapeze, and he was promptly hired by Deep Purple. Though Hughes is an amazing singer, I think he's got one of the greatest voices of all time. The band still wanted a lead singer and frontman, so they held auditions and ended up selecting a completely unknown singer named David Coverdale. This made the Mark III lineup of Deep Purple really unique with two powerhouse vocalists. Two very different styles too, with Coverdale's a mix of blues and proto-metal and Hughes, who was just as at home singing funk and soul as he was singing hard rock. But they managed to blend together perfectly. So this lineup, the Mark III lineup, Richie Blackmore on guitar, John Lord on keyboards, Ian Pace on drums, Glenn Hughes on bass, with Hughes and David Coverdale sharing vocals, recorded their first album together in November 1973. It was released in February '74. The band produced the album themselves, with Martin Birch behind the mixing desk as engineer. Burn was the title track, written by all five members, and it's the song that opens the album. Richie Blackmore kicks it off with a killer guitar riff. Richie Blackmore is one of the greats. Skillfully technical, yet he could play with wild abandon. His playing is fierce. You can almost hear his guitar saying, do not get in my way. Richie could come up with great riffs, too. Smoke on the Water was simpler and unforgettable, but I think this might be his greatest riff. (laughs) The whole band joins in now. John Lord was a monster on the Hammond organ, too. He used to run his organ through a Marshall guitar amplifier to get that heavy distorted sound. He could give Richie a run for his money. Let's listen to the guitar and the organ together to see how they blended their instruments to get one massive sound. Let's jump back in at the first verse. with this song, the voice of David Coverdale is introduced to the world. Literally from out of nowhere, Deep Purple picks this unknown singer from obscurity, and we hear him for the first time on this song. It's amazing to think that this voice was just out there ripe for the picking. Let's listen to that first verse again.
1: The sky is red, I don't understand. Past midnight, I still see the land. People are saying with of a
2: Then Glenn Hughes takes the lead vocal for one phrase. Fire! All I need is and Coverdale and Hughes harmonize together on the chorus. second verse I, didn't she she said, away, I, I like the way Coverdale says burn there
1: and the people left, and she said burn
2: and behind everything Ian pace is tearing it up on the drums let's listen just to the drum track for a bit. Let's hear what Richie Blackmore is doing during the chorus. He's got a couple of parts that are mixed fairly low, so let's bring those to the front. I love this part. Here's where Glenn Hughes gets to take over the lead vocal. Of his voice let's focus in on Glenn's vocals there
1: you know we had no time. We could not even try
2: you know we had no time they're using an effect called flanging to get that sound. Now let's listen to what Richie is playing behind this section. He's recorded two parts that play off of the chord changes and each other in a pretty interesting way. If you listen closely, you'll hear some clicking sounds that I think is Richie changing his pickup selector switch to get slightly different sounds on one of the guitar parts. That's a great drum, fill. Let's go back and listen to that. And now it's time for Richie's guitar solo. I said Richie is a fierce guitar player let's listen just to that guitar track you'll hear his occasional use of the tremolo arm or whammy bar and you'll also hear him rapidly switch between different guitar pickups to alternate between the biting tone of the bridge pickup and the rounder more woolly tone of the neck pickup There's the whammy bar. This is classic Richie Blackmore right here. Now we go into one of those pseudo-classical sections that Deep Purple was famous for. Richie's overdubbed two guitar parts harmonizing here. let's go back and listen to the chord changes behind this section. It's a decidedly non-blues chord progression. One of the things that I love about Deep Purple is the way that they could turn on a dime right from a straightforward rock riff into an almost European classical influence section like this, and then back again. It's genius, really. Back to the main riff, I love the organ panned to the left channel. And we return to the bridge again, featuring Glenn Hughes. Here's the flanging effect on the vocal again. Now it's time for John Lord to cut loose on the keyboards. I hate to interrupt John Lord, but I want to go back and listen to what Glenn Hughes is playing on the bass here. He lays back through most of the song, playing pretty simply, but he stretches out a bit here. That is a real 70s raunchy bass guitar tone. Pretty cool. Let's go back and listen to John Lord tearing it up. This is where John Lord literally rocks the organ back and forth, causing the reverb springs to clang together, causing a hell of a noise. Let's hear that again in context. Next up is a return to the pseudo-classical section, this time with the keyboards up front. There are multiple keyboard parts here, and not just organ, there's some synthesizers on here too. Listen to more of Coverdale's vocals. Sky is red, I don't understand. Past midnight, I still
1: see the land. People are saying the woman is dead. She makes a bird with a wiggle of her hand. What in came, no one came. Help for taking, we stood instead. When it
2: came, listen to how hard they hit the break here. I love the crack of that snare drum. And let's go back and listen to what the bass was doing there. And here at the end they do a series of climbing notes that step up and then drop back, step up and drop back. And to wrap it up, let's listen to Richie's little improvised solo there at the end. It's not 100% perfect, but that's what I like about these old records. There was some spontaneity there. The records were not overproduced. They feel alive. And that's Deep Purple. Burn. The 1970s were the payday for live albums. Everybody was putting out live records then. I had a thing for live records right from the start. I think it began with Kiss Alive. Deep Purple's Made in Japan was maybe the third or fourth live album that I bought, and it really knocked me out. The musicianship was just so great. After that, I bought their Made in Europe live album, which featured the same lineup as this track. And I loved that record too. Deep Purple were pioneers with their musicianship and in other ways, too. For years, they held the Guinness Book World Record for the loudest band in the world. Though John Lord passed away a few years ago, the rest of the key members are still alive and kicking. Richie Blackmore has mostly walked away from hard rock. Now he plays in an acoustic renaissance band called Blackmore's Night. There's still a version of Deep Purple on the road now, and the great Glenn Hughes still comes around occasionally, so catch a show if you can. He still sounds amazing. If you enjoyed this show, go back and find my episode number 11. That was a Glenn Hughes show. It's one of my favorites, and I think you'll like it too. Thanks for listening along with me. I'm glad to have you along for the ride. Your feedback is always appreciated and a review is even better. Post a review wherever you listen to the show. And you can find me on Facebook by searching for the I'm in love with that song podcast or via Twitter at popstaff tweets or visit the website lovethatsongpodcast.com to find 50 more episodes to listen to. But before you go here is the world's loudest band one more time deep purple with burn turn it up 92%